From South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on October 20th, 2023 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. This episode features a look at some of the key details about the latest news on the Israeli-Gaza war, including remarks from President Joe Biden, Senator Lindsey Graham, and several 2024 candidates. We also hit the campaign trail with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in Rock Hill, where he had some advice for Senator Tim Scott and others. Drop out. Mm. Now, we don't want you to drop out. We want you to actually drop in, into the hopper, that is, and the wind-down section by calling 803-563-7169. Never drop out, folks. We need you. We need your hot takes. We need your feedback about the podcast. Uh, No negative criticism, please. (laughs) But maybe a little bit. It's okay. 803-563-7169. President Joe Biden was on the ground in Israel for eight hours on Wednesday amid the escalating Hamas war with Israel, who is set to invade the Gaza Strip nearly two weeks after Hamas launched a surprise attack against the Jewish state that resulted in more than 1,300 deaths and some 200 hostages, including Americans. It's being called the Israeli 9-11, and the country has declared war against the terrorist group. Israeli bombing in Gaza has killed at least 2,800 people, according to Reuters, and recently some 500 were killed by an explosion at a hospital in Gaza. Biden addressed the nation Thursday in a primetime speech where he once again voiced the United States' support for Israel and a funding package for Palestinians caught in the conflict as part of a deal with Egypt to secure the flow of 20 humanitarian aid trucks to reach the Gaza Strip. The United Nations has said at least 100 trucks a day are needed to sustain more than 2 million Palestinians inside Gaza who have been without water, supplies, food, fuel, and electricity for more than a week. Biden called this moment an inflection point in history and tied it into the Russian war in Ukraine. Hamas and Putin represent different threats, but they share this in common. They both want to completely annihilate a neighboring democracy, completely annihilate it. Hamas' stated purpose for existing is the destruction of the state of Israel and the murder of Jewish people. Hamas does not represent the Palestinian people. Hamas uses Palestinian civilians as human shields, and innocent Palestinian families are suffering greatly because of that. Meanwhile, Putin denies Ukraine has or ever had real statehood. He claims the Soviet Union created Ukraine. And just two weeks ago, He told the world that if the United States and our allies withdraw, and if the United States withdraw, our allies will as well, military support for Ukraine would have, quote, a week left to live, but we're not withdrawing. I know these conflicts can seem far away. And it's natural to ask, why does this matter to America? So let me share with you why making sure Israel and Ukraine succeed is vital for America's national security. You know, history has taught us that when terrorists don't pay a price for their terror, When dictators don't pay a price for their aggression, they cause more chaos and death and more destruction. They keep going, and the cost and the threats to America and the world keep rising. So if we don't stop Putin's appetite for power and control in Ukraine, he won't limit himself just to Ukraine. Putin's already threatened to remind, quote, remind Poland that their Western land was a gift from Russia. 
One of his top advisors, a former president of Russia, has called Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania Russia's Baltic provinces. These are all NATO allies. For 75 years, NATO has kept peace in Europe and has been the cornerstone of American security. And if Putin attacks a NATO ally, we will defend every inch of NATO which the treaty requires and calls for. That was the crux of Biden's speech right there. Instability in the world on this scale is a threat to America's national security and Americans. For example, on Thursday, the State Department advised all U.S. citizens worldwide to exercise increased caution due to increased tensions in various locations around the world, the potential for terrorist attacks and demonstrations or violent actions against U.S. citizens and interests. Biden's supplemental funding request of $100 billion to Congress will include billions for Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan, and the southern border. However, without any current leadership in the Republican-controlled House, there is no way for that money to get authorized. American leadership is what holds the world together. American alliances will keep us, America, safe. American values are what make us a partner that other nations want to work with. To put all that at risk, if we walk away from Ukraine, if we turn our backs on Israel, it's just not worth it. That's why tomorrow I'm going to send to Congress an urgent budget request to fund America's national security needs, to support our critical partners, including Israel and Ukraine. It's a smart investment that's going to pay dividends for American security for generations. Help us keep American troops out of harm's way. Despite political weakness at home, the United States and the world are flexing their might in support of Israel and to urge containment. A U.S. Marine Rapid Response Force of 2,000 Marines was sent to the Israeli coast with the anticipation of being deployed to help with medical and logistical support. But not boots on the ground, folks. Now, two American carrier strike groups have also been moved toward the Mediterranean Sea. These groups include an aircraft carrier, destroyers, a submarine, and a variety of aircraft, as well as thousands of sailors and Marines. These military movements are occurring in tandem with a flood of diplomatic efforts by world leaders like Biden and the prime ministers from Germany and the United Kingdom, who have visited with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu in a show of support and also to show strength against any further escalation the region may endure, with threats coming from Lebanon to the north and Iran. Yesterday, in discussions with the leaders of Israel and Egypt, I secured an agreement for the first shipment of humanitarian assistance from the United Nations to Palestinian civilians in Gaza. If Hamas does not divert or steal this shipment, these shipments, we're going to provide an opening for sustained delivery of life-saving humanitarian assistance for the Palestinians. As I said in Israel, as hard as it is, we cannot give up on peace. We cannot give up on a two-state solution. Israel and Palestinians equally deserve to live in safety dignity and peace. You know, and here at home, we have to be honest with ourselves. In recent years, too much hate has given too much oxygen, fueling racism, the rise of anti-Semitism, Islamic phobia, right here in America. And you're probably wondering, Gavin, okay, this is major international news, and this is just the old South Carolina lead. Yes, humble listener, I know we're not the global news podcast for the BBC World Service with reports and analysis from across the world, which I will say is a must-listen for such major international events. But why does this matter, you're asking? You already heard the president talk about that, but here's some more details. Axios reports that top officials say that inside the White House, this was the heaviest, most chilling week since Biden took office. The biggest concern is that global issues could spiral, whether that's Iranian involvement with the war, 
the Ukraine and Russia war escalating while China gets cozier with Russia. Both of their leaders were meeting this week. And there's also the constant saber rattling of North Korea. And on top of all of this is the spread of misinformation. So this is my plea to please verify images, videos, and stories from multiple trusted news sources before you even think to share them. If you're getting emotional about something, it's probably intentional. So make sure you check yourself, double check, triple check. And if you can't, then don't share it. Okay, I know you might want to, but it could be from years ago. It could be completely doctored. We are in the thick of it right now, folks. Bad actors and troll farms are operating beyond capacity to ramp up emotions on both sides, adding to the instability. See how that works? Another reason this is a big deal is because it is just starting. In the words of an Israeli commander, this war is, quote, going to be difficult, it's going to be long, it's going to be intense, quote. And like the war in Ukraine, now in its second year, it remains a major political hot potato that we continue to hear about from Congress to the campaign trail. Now, this war will be no different in the near term, especially since it involves one of our closest allies in the Middle East. Despite President Joe Biden's desire at the start of his presidency to end drawn-out wars in the Middle East, well, that's not looking likely. Now, let's bring that back to South Carolina, where we heard from Senator Lindsey Graham this week when he spoke with reporters in Washington on October 17th about the evolving situation. So I just got off the phone about an hour ago with the Israeli ambassador. He wanted to stress to me, and I think all of us, they're very worried about what Iran will do next. So the idea you can bribe Iran to be normal doesn't work. There's not enough money you can send these people to make them behave. They have an agenda to destroy the Jewish state, to purify Islam, and come after us. Just, I believe them when they say death to America. They're not joking. So isolate Iran... Weaken Iran, destroy Hamas is the objective, right? Uh, Why now? Why so vicious? The Israeli ambassador told me, and I agree, they believe this attack was directed by Iran using Hamas to stop the effort to normalize between Saudi Arabia and Israel. The biggest nightmare for the Ayatollah is for the Arab world to march toward the light, work with Israel to have a better life for everybody in the region. That's why they did this. They're trying to destroy the normalization of Saudi Arabia and Israel. They're trying to get Israel in on the ground, be vicious. These are religious Nazis. Not only should we cut off all the money, we should put on the table that if there's a second front open against Israel by Hezbollah that has 100,000 precision-guided rockets pointed at Israel, If that happens, there will not be a two-front war. There will be a three-front war. There's either going to be one front or three fronts. I'm begging the Biden administration to be clear. Just don't say don't. Spell out what happens if Hezbollah is used by Iran to try to expand this war and destroy Israel. I appreciate the aircraft carriers, strike groups going into the region. We have the capability, but we need to have the will. I believe the people behind me would rise to the occasion, and I hope there are people on the other side would rise to the occasion if this war escalates and if Hezbollah opens up another front in a serious way to destroy and overwhelm the Israeli uh, Iron Dome defenses, that we would be going after the great Satan. The great Satan is not the United States or Israel, it's Iran. There has also been swift responses from Republican presidential candidates. 
You may remember that former President Donald Trump previously criticized Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu for, quote, not being prepared, quote, for the attack, and also he complimented Hezbollah, the anti-Israel militant and political organization that operates to Israel's north in Lebanon. Here's Trump. If I were president, Israel would not have been attacked. It was viciously attacked. It would not have been attacked. Ukraine would not have been attacked. You take a look at what's going on throughout the world. The world right now is a mess. It's a mess, and it's a very sad day. Thank will you, you visit Israel? Will you visit Israel, Mr. President? I may. I may go. I may go. I've thought of it, but I believe in letting them do what they have to do. They have to straighten it out. What's happened in Israel is all of those people dead would have never happened, ever. Not even a chance. Even the Democrats admit that. Senator Tim Scott criticized Biden's leadership on the conflict. Here's Scott with Sean Hannity Thursday evening. One of the things that we need from this president is clarity. He doesn't seem to be able to speak clearly. He gave a speech tonight. Remember, our ally Israel was bombed by a terrorist organization. And tonight's speech focused more on Ukraine than it did on Israel. That's unbelievable, number one. Number two. If we're going to send the kind of message that has strength in it, we need the Gerald R. Ford and the Sixth Fleet prepared in the Mediterranean as a deterrent, telling Iran consequences are coming if you bomb Israel. And second, I got a tough question. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay. With, with the words of Joe Biden, <laughs> Joe Biden, would they take it seriously? Would he back it up? Would he mean it? Yeah. I'm not sure he would. Well, John, unfortunately, you are smart. You raised a really good point. Number one, look at his past actions. I always say, as a guy who spent time in financial services, what you did in the past can indicate what you'll do in the future. The Afghanistan withdrawal, devastating, number one. Number two, telling Putin, don't attack these areas from a cyber warfare. Number three, a small incursion might be okay. Number four, let's get the Russians to work with the Iranians on a new deal on our behalf. And number five, the first message he sent after the conflict started October the 7th was to tell Israel to stand down. Mm-hmm. I think your point is solid as a rock. Former Governor Nikki Haley supports a strong Israeli offensive against Hamas, saying the terrorist group must be eliminated something she reiterated on Sean Hannity's show Wednesday night. Well, first of all, I've seen the graffiti on the walls. I've seen the organization that has the textbooks that that hates on Jews. I've done all of that, and I took it a step further, Sean. I stopped all U.S. taxpayer money going to the Palestinian refugees when I was at the United Nations. This is something that I always said the Arab countries, it was their responsibility, not American taxpayer responsibility. And when it comes to the refugees, the Hamas-supporting countries should be the ones that take them, Qatar, Iran, and Turkey. Those are the three countries that should take any refugees. And, you know, and they know that. But you'll see this time and time again. First of all, I said this on your show last time. Wait until this starts and everybody's going to blame Israel for everything that happens. But the key is don't fall for it. Israel needs to do what Israel needs to do. What Biden needs to focus on and what I would focus on are three things. Support Israel, eliminate Hamas, and do everything we can to get the hostages out. Period. Don't talk about restraint. Don't talk about a ceasefire. What should the United States' level of involvement be, in your view? 
I, just those three things. Support Israel, eliminate Hamas, and make sure that we get our hostages back. We don't need to worry about anything else. You are going to see there are going to be civilians that die. That's unfortunate. But and when the blame goes to Israel, don't listen to it. This is Hamas at work. Remember, Hamas was the one that did the brutality. Hamas is the one that's going to try and make this look like Israel. We need to have Israel's back unapologetically. No questions asked. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was in South Carolina this week for a two-day campaign swing that took the Republican presidential candidate to two critical vote-rich areas of the state, the upstate and the Grand Strand, which you would know if you listened to this podcast, specifically the SC 2024 pod, every other Tuesday right here. His trip included stops in Anderson and Rock Hill on Thursday. While in Rock Hill at Winthrop University, DeSantis issued his support for Israel. We stand today with our friends in the state of Israel and their right to defend themselves against Hamas terrorism. We condemn the media for lying about the attack on the Gaza hospital. It was not Israel that did it. We reject Joe Biden wanting to send 100 million of your tax dollars to the Gaza Strip. That will be commandeered by Hamas. And that is unacceptable. And they still have hostages that they are holding that are not just Israeli, but are Americans. I've also been very clear and led the way amongst presidential candidates. We are not going to import Palestinian Arab refugees from the Gaza Strip to the United States of America. They should go to Arab countries, not here in this country. And these people on college campuses that are uh, protesting in favor of Hamas is a disgrace to this country. And I can tell you this, if, we, if those, st- those students that are foreign that are here on a, on a visa and they're doing Hamas's bidding, when I become president, I'm canceling their visa and I'm sending them home. DeSantis, a former naval officer and JAG officer with SEAL Team 1, launched his Veterans for DeSantis Coalition, which includes Lexington Republican Representative Micah Kasky, a retired Marine Corps captain. DeSantis is the only veteran in the race. DeSantis, on average, is third in South Carolina and New Hampshire polling behind former President Donald Trump and former Governor Nikki Haley. DeSantis will visit Myrtle Beach and Myrtle's Inlet on Friday. When asked about whether candidates who do not meet the qualifications by the third debate on November 8th should quit the race, DeSantis had some harsh words. I mean, you know, it's like I, I've, I've been very weary of saying what anyone else should do, but I think clearly if you're not even able to meet that criteria to even get into a debate, then that's a problem. I mean, what's your path to victory at that point to be able to do? So uh, clear, here, here's just the honest to God truth. You know, there's two people with a pathway to victory. You know, you have the former president, who obviously is the best known and and has got a lot of legacy support. Um, And then you got me. I'm the only guy that can appeal to enough voters to be able to actually get it done uh, ultimately. And, you know, we're we're showing that as we work through Iowa. You're going to start to see that, I think, more and more as we get to the end of the year and people start to dig in. But that's that's just the reality. And I think if that's your choice and it comes down to that, and it may come down to that by South Carolina, who knows, right? Um... My argument would be a couple things. One, we need a president that can serve two terms. A lame duck president is not going to be able to get the job done. I don't care who you are. 
Um, you know, George Washington, I don't know, could, could, could get this done as a lame duck president. Uh, so you need to have uh, that. You also need a nominee who can win. And I think the way you win is to focus the election on Biden's failures and our positive vision for the future. If the election's about all these other issues, um, then it, it's going to give the Democrats a huge advantage. Right now, Senator Tim Scott, former Vice President Mike Pence, and former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie How you doing? have not qualified for the debate. But there is still time. DeSantis made a trip to Greenville earlier this month when he was the special guest at an event hosted by his Never Back Down PAC. Remember, PACs can't coordinate with campaigns. Wink, wink. Again, something you would know if you listen to the SC 2024 podcast. Now, the second-term Florida governor is focusing his efforts on Iowa, where he remains in a distant second to Trump. Sticking with PACs, Senator Tim Scott's political action committee, Tim PAC, is canceling some of its $40 million TV ad buys that were up until the Iowa caucus. Now, some ads will remain, and it's not entirely clear just how much is being pulled down, according to Politico. But it's a sign that the outside money that was pouring into the campaign to help promote him and to get his name out there to propel Scott, well, it's not really registering with folks. See those poll numbers again. Scott has failed to move up in early state polling, his fundraising is softening, and he has even faced high-profile calls to drop out, including from Washington Post columnist George Will, whose wife consults on Scott's campaign. Yuck word. But Scott's campaign cut the $50,000 check to file for the South Carolina ballot with the SCGOP on Monday in Columbia. When asked about whether he will qualify for the third Republican debate in Miami on the 8th, Scott said, quote, I'll see you in Miami, quote. The third debate will be hosted by NBC News and details are still forthcoming. And who could forget about Washington? That's right, the House continues to be leaderless amid an increasingly dangerous world. House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan was nominated by House Republicans to be the conference's nominee, but he failed to reach the 217 votes needed on the first ballot. He lost by 20 Republican votes. On the second ballot vote Wednesday, he lost by 22 votes. For perspective, former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy lost by 19 Republicans on his first ballot. A third vote was called for Friday before this podcast taping, and consulting the lead Magic 8-Ball, it says, um, it's just a laughing emoji, followed by an explosion emoji, followed by an American flag. Okay, 8-Ball, maybe, maybe take the weekend and recalibrate there. All six House Republicans in South Carolina's delegation voted for Jordan, and Congressman Jim Clyburn, the lone Democrat, voted for Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries. And on the way out, former House Speaker Newt Gingrich, who led the Republican Revolution of 1994, thanks in no small part to strong-arm tactics and confrontation, had this to say about House Republicans' strong-arm tactics and confrontation on Fox Business News on Thursday. <laughs> well, listen, I think the whole conference is, they're, but they're going to have to get in a room. I saw just a few minutes ago, Jim Jordan has decided to go back and try again because it turned wow. out what I thought was a good idea uh, to have McHenry... Uh, the current Speaker pro tem, stay on till January 3rd. I mean, these folks have got to calm down. Yeah. The level of anger, uh, the level of hostility in the conference, all of it started by eight traitors, and that's what they were, traitors, who abandoned their party and allied with the Democrats against 96% of the Republican Party with no idea what they would do if they won. Yeah. Uh, they have caused chaos. They have embarrassed the Republican Party. 
and they've weakened the United States at a time when there are two major wars underway. Uh, and it's really, truly, uh, I think, the most disgraceful behavior by Republicans in my lifetime. This is what democracy looks like. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We're glad you're here. We definitely need a little break from the news, A.T. Shire, producer of the South Carolina. Oh, Podcast. thank you for that amazing intro. And yes, you are correct, Gavin. It is. Take a break. We need, We I think we need a, a medium to large break from the news. You know, um, speaking of break, break me off a piece of that kick up bar. Love that. Uh, yeah. I say that to say uh, a friend of mine on one of the campaigns that I was with in New Hampshire I witnessed her eat a Kit Kat bar, mm-hmm. and I was disturbed. Did she not break it? It didn't break it. Oh, yeah. It ate it like a baby corn, like in the movie Big with Tom <laughs> Hanks, yes. if you will. That's a problematic movie. <laughs> like, Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> you have a lot of issues think, with that movie. Think about it. He's it's a, very strange. He's a child. He's a child, he's but he's growing. He's a child. Just a, just a child, okay? Uh, but keep going about the Kit Kat. <laughs> Throw me off here. Sorry. Um, so... She she was eating it like you know typewriter style on yes. the long side and then did it on the other side too and I said what yeah kind of psychotic serial killer behavior am yeah. I witnessing right right now you, you gotta you gotta yeah he said how do you eat an Oreo you like take it apart and then put it back together and take it apart it's, it's these not people right. and their eating habits please call anyway please call anyway people three six five six nine speaking of calls uh, we do have a call a quickie a quick hitter. Fan favorite, podcast favorite, host's mm. favorite. Are you ready, Gavin? All the badges. It's a, we're, we're ticking them off. You ready? Yeah. Here we go. Hey, Gavin and AP. This is Baby's Mama checking in again. We're in week two of our two-week fall break from school, walking on the Greenway in North Augusta with our family. Just wanted to say hey um, and hope y'all are having a great time. Go Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Hey, hey, hey. You know you're having fun watching this happen. All right, y'all. Bye. Baby's mama, thank you for thinking of us while you're out and about and calling. That was very nice. That's and yes, what, that's what we want. We are all about Team Travsler. Ugh, I can't. Travsler I can't. I can't. Uh, what? what uh, Swelsey. There's no. There's <laughs> Swelsey. Yes, <yeah, swell-sy. laughs> There's no easy way to do that. Like Brangelina. Mm-hmm. Everyone loved Brangelina. But no, I mean it's. I, I'm like okay, let's. Put it back. Let them be. It seems like they're happy, even though AT is still convinced it's some dastardly corporate plan to uh, take over. I, I don't know if it started as one, but it's become one. No, you know? there's love there. There's money is what there is, and they love money. It's a win-win. There's synergy. There's there's corporate branding possibilities. Oh, you know what I love? I just love when the rich get richer. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I wish I could eat it up. Mm. It's celebrity culture, and uh, <laughs> America needs America needs it now more than ever. I will say I, that. Uh, if we're talking about anything besides wars and <laughs> and murders, you know, like it's, I am happy for America. You know what I mean? Truly, like, truly, I am. We have these two extremes, and the lead is just trying, just trying to hold everyone together in the middle. Oh God. And it's getting hard. It's getting hard. I'm going to tell you it's getting hard. Okay. Uh, but Gavin, uh, you spoke about food, and I've had a food take brewing for a while. Okay? And I'm going to pivot you right here. You mentioned, you mentioned food. You mentioned food. I'm going to go ahead and say something. Okay. So I, uh, everyone that listens knows that I, I'm a food guy. I like to cook, that sort of stuff. And they know that I just eat food. Gavin is an eater cons- of food. He's a consumer. He's, he's all take, no gift. Uh, and so... Uh, 
Instagram also knows this about me, that I like food, okay? And I need some clarification. I'm going to need some people to call in here because every time I'm scrolling through there, you know, like, you see the recipe, you see the done recipe mm. first, you know? Mm -hmm. And most of them look terrible. Mm. <laughs> but sometimes you see one, and you're like, oh, this looks pretty good. I'm going to watch this 35-second this video. And it is canon on this pod, and it is true in real life, that I am a lactose intolerant man, okay? Sad. And every recipe that looks half decent, the final step is always put a whole cup of heavy cream into the recipe. Oh, what a crutch. What, what, what are we doing here, folks? <laughs> I know that like 70% of the world is lactose intolerant. Oh, don't push that agenda here. And, and we're, we're putting heavy cream <laughs> in absolutely everything. <laughs> we're sponsored by the Dairy Council. Uh, <laughs> you better watch They're it. They're gonna come. Big, Big dairy. dairy. Big Dairy's coming. Big heavy cream. <laughs> he doesn't mean it, guys. He's just, Hood. he's ranting. Hood is coming. I, I need to know, is, is everyone just cool with eating this much heavy I, cream or are we just gritting our teeth and dealing with the aftermath of making our sauces like melted ice cream savory ice creams like what is this you guys know the number 803-563-7169 <laughs> we want your hot takes on the, the heavy cream here call us with your a, gut checks as a yeah. lactose tolerant man a very tolerant a very man. tolerant you're many very, levels you're too. very tolerant uh, I I mean I just I just get the heavy cream and say oh I he, Gavin I just drink it he drinks four or five cups of it every and morning and then I sit and I think what could we do with more heavy cream. Yeah. No, but you told me about this, and I, I was watching like a recipe video too. Boom, bam. And every I was like, time. Oh, why, like, why did you put that in exactly. there? Exactly. It is very. It is confusing. I don't need. No, we don't need the calories. The okay? calories. Yeah. Okay. Like, Gavin boom. is. Gavin is calorie conscious. I am I'm dairy conscious. Yes. And so, like, here we are. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not going to get any better with the holiday season coming up. It's nuts to me. And like, if you want to emulsify your sauce and make it creamy. Put your pasta water in there, okay? Mm. Put some butter in there and move it around. Yeah. We okay? don't need we don't need you, extremes. You don't need the heavy cream. You're driving me crazy. I just want to eat the good food. Gosh, okay? that reminds me like uh, my stepmother does a butternut squash soup, and she actually substitutes the heavy cream with something else. I think I can't remember. Just what it was. put a but, yeah, bunch of like, butter. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> better goodness out there, and I love. I mean, I, I go through a stick of butter. I think every three days. Good for you. I mean, the bagels. those are strong bagels. numbers. Those yeah. are good numbers. I'm very He's happy good, for you. Unsalted. Uh, I, I got some horrible bagels from Walmart. I know. <laughs> I know. I usually get them at the Publix. <laughs> good Lord. Both bad. <laughs> but it's so interesting. And it's a weird little tangent. But I've been noticing. Yeah. I've gotten so much butter from different places now. Mm -hmm. I've had the Publix butter. Yeah. I've had Aldi butter. Yeah. I've had Walmart butter. Mm-hmm. All basic. I'm not buying like you know the fancy Irish butter. The Irish you know, butter is very Irishman. good. It's very good. But you know the the way I'm going through butter, it's insane. <laughs> but <laughs> you got to keep these numbers but, down, okay? <laughs> got I'm on a budget. I leave my butter out, okay? <laughs> That's the proest move of all time. <laughs> Uncovered. Always. Ooh, <laughs> I'm psycho. Scary. Okay. I don't get. Gavin's got rats, and, rats and cockroaches in his house. They love the butter. the butter. That's why it's Guys, going so send fast. Send me. <laughs> <laughs> send me a butter dish, please. You would think I would have one with all the I crap. I have one you can have. No, I want the people to send me okay, one. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I should get one in Iowa. I say all this to say that they have different, I don't want to say firmness points because that doesn't make sense. But like, yeah. like the Walmart butter, you leave it out, it is just like a puddle, basically. Okay, yeah. It's Publix butter. It's water content. It's And it's just... It's still very hard. It's water content. And the Aldi butter is the Goldilocks so far. It's oh, a perfect yeah? amount. Oh, so not I, too hard, not too soft? And I got oh. these stupid bagels from, from Walmart, and I <laughs> put the butter so on sad. with the hard butter, and the bagel just fell apart <laughs> after I toasted it. I was like, what is going on here? So 
you want you want the bagels from Publix and the butter from no we Aldi. want we want better bagels. <laughs> if anyone truly has lines on a good bagel in this state, I've asked for it before. We need it. It's yeah. tough. It's it's I hard. I got a good bakery here. around the corner from me, but you know when I can get four bagels for the same price as one bagel, it's very hard yeah, in this economy. Bakeries, if you're not cooking your bagel on the wood slats, if you haven't boiled it first, so you get the crusty outside, you're mm. not you're not getting a good bagel. Okay. Anyway, Gavin, we've said all too. We've talked too much. I have to run because I need to go to producer Sean's wedding rehearsal right now because <laughs> I am in it. <laughs> that means he's just doing this basically to make me wear a suit. Yes. Uh, okay. So Wait, we'll have a photo of that, folks, on please, our socials. Please, no. Please do not look at my shame, my greatest shames. Anyway, Gavin. Congrats con- to producer Sean we love his you, Sean. bride, Victoria, on their yes. wedding day this uh, Saturday. Amazing people. They're going to be off next week. So uh, producer Amy will be okaying the podcast so we get <laughs> a little a more little. leeway to say whatever we, the hair's coming down on the lead. Anyway, Gavin, get, good good luck, Sean, and thank you, Gavin, and do the stuff that I normally say right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the pod, folks. Be like baby's mama and give us a call at 803-563-7169. You might just change someone's life. Oh, intense, right? Or you can just leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's good, too. Stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. (laughs) I'm only you. (laughs) I know it. Pizza. I know it. End it. End it, brilliant.